1: Jordan, Allen shakes gray. gets two! Gilmore on the Oh, oh, oh the Toledo artist, you get 21!
0: 4.28 to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Hello and welcome back to the over and back Classic NBA podcast. I'm Jason Mann. With me, as always, is Rich Kreich. Rich, glad to be back with you. Yeah,
1: what are we going to call this a special edition? Or are we going to have a fun little like jingle at the beginning that indicates that? Unfortunately, you're listening to this after the jingle would have played. So, yeah. if I were to put in a jingle, <laughs> which would be my job, yeah, which I don't know why I'm asking you, if you, if if that jingle had already been playing, this entire conversation is completely irrelevant to you. But you know. I don't know. That, that's I,
0: yeah. I, I don't know how to answer these <laughs> questions, Rich. These are like ex, ex
1: it's me talking to myself. Yes, yeah. so yeah, it's 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 me thinking I, I'm through. I'm sure it's our listeners are fast on air. Yeah,
0: by this, uh, you make the choice after you've listened. Do, do we put an <laughs> option? There you go. Um. So yeah, there has been a, a basketball player who has really been in the news this week. Some important things are happening, him, so we are doing a tribute podcast about the one and only Danny Ferry. <laughs>
1: It's it's pretty remarkable that this week where like the NBA it, it feels like the story's trying to like grab attention. It's like, hey, look at this! Like this guy said this, and oh wait, like this owner's trying to clue that owner. But the NFL is just so falling over themselves that like nobody can even bother to cover this story whatsoever. The, the Danny Ferry story. It, it's it's pretty remarkable in sports media to see this. It, where just like it should be a story, but like people are just like, well, I mean. Just wait. We'll talk. We'll deal with you next yeah, week. Yeah. Like, here you go. This is like every day something new is happening over here. We'll we'll deal with you guys I, next I, week. Just kind of stay there and.
0: I, I'm enough football ignorant that like I've obviously seen developments, but I don't. Pay, I'm just. I'm so into that NBA right. world, you know, that I and NBA blogs and stuff that. Yeah, the, the goings on of the of the National Football League do not interest me uh, super much. Um, yeah, I, I don't watch sport at all either. I just kind of find it fun. Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously yeah, I I can pay attention to the the noise, but I, I I try to bury my head in the sand like a groundhog, if that's something yeah. a groundhog actually does. And but no, the Atlanta story is it, it, it's
1: interesting. It um I, I it's hard to really get because new details are kind of coming out and emerging a little bit. I I'm gonna sort of wait on it before I really give a huge sort of opinion about it because the first day. Of a bunch of people brought opinions and then something kind of else came up and then something i i would like to kind of wait on it a little bit but it's still just a definitely uh, interesting and, and as an atlanta hawks fan what, what sort of your thoughts
0: well uh it's not good you know um i don't think that there's any chance that dairy D- danny ferry can be a credible leader of an organization at this point i just think his credibility is in such question now um even even if the the thing that you want to believe is the um, least offensive thing, it's still mm-hmm. pretty bad. You know, it just it's still pretty like, um, you know, it, it, it's I, I don't think it necessarily like I, I'm not saying that, like, it in and of itself would necessarily be a fireable offense, but I just think because it raises just such questions about like you being able to draw people, like I just think in practical terms it means he can't do his job, so he can't do his job. Sure. Yeah. I get it totally. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I get that. I think um, before we went on the air, I thought something new had just come out. Of- it, and people are going to be listening to this. And uh, I thought it was yeah, Silver it, saying something, wasn't it? it, it Silver, I, I, I'm Silver, sorry. I,
0: Silver essentially said that it was not a fireable offense. Um, okay, that's that's what. Yeah, I thought and okay. then of course there was the 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 Woj um, Yahoo article that basically kind of paints everything in a in a different light as far as it being a battle over ownership and raising more questions about whether Ferry was really reading something or whether the he was expressing sentiments in reports but using his own words. And it's mm-hmm. him leaning to more toward that conclusion, it seemed. But, but we're actually not talking about Danny Ferry. No, yes. <laughs> we are, we're going to talk about happier things. We are, well, so- somewhat happier things and, and and sad things at the same time. We are going to, uh, talk a little bit about the retirement of Chauncey Billups, um, one of the great point guards of the 2000s, maybe even the best two point guard of the 2000s, depending on who you ask. Caesar. That's an interesting debate. And then the, uh, the death of uh, Marvin uh, Bad News Barnes uh, he had a couple of inc- pretty incredible great years at the end of the ABA and then he uh went to the NBA and things did not go well for him for a variety of reasons which we'll talk about but this is going to be you know most of our podcasts are kind of like deep dives you know whether we're researching a player or a topic we you know we we do a lot of research. We kind of get into it. This is going to be more of a of a shallow dip in the pool. We're just gonna this is going to, we're just gonna kind of our toes do leg. this quickly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we we want to see how people if people like this way of podcasting. Not that we would only do it this way, but maybe sometimes you know um, when things come up. Not all the time, but sometimes when things come up, maybe we'll uh, you know ha- have a few chats about uh, players when something really newsworthy happens to them. So this is our experiment about doing that. Absolutely, I'm excited for it. it should be a good. Yeah, one. yeah. Let's well, not, you know, we don't want to raise expectations too much because you know how <laughs> that happens. But so, um, so we'll talk about Chauncey first. Um, obviously, um, most famously known for his uh, his seasons with the uh, Detroit, Detroit Pistons, where he helped uh, lead them to. Uh, I believe it was uh, six straight um, conference championships. Um, yes. Yes, I six, believe six, six straight. From that, yeah, because then Denver had the next the ne- two. So. Or the next, just the one. So he, he had seven in all. So, um, oh, okay. That's great. So he. Um, it? I'll, I'll confirm. Okay. I think. I- I-
1: I've seen. I've seen the figure two different ways now. Okay, I believe. So yeah, far. he, so let he me played, played out six seasons
0: sure. in Detroit, so he couldn't have gone to more conference finals than six. Yeah, that's no. it. So, but did Denver? Oh no, Denver only made the one, right? Yeah. Or did they make two? I believe they just made one. But
1: yeah, that's a, that's what I want to find out on their end. The uh, yeah, well, Nuggets, go but
0: ahead. Regardless. <laughs> so, um, it, it, they won the uh, 2004 NBA championship. The Pistons did. Uh, he had a Finals MVP. Uh, he was a five-time All Star. And won a gold medal in the uh, 2010 uh, FIBA World Championships, now the FIBA World Cup. And uh, but you know he didn't start off as a star. I mean he was the number th- he was a third pick in the ni- in the 1997 draft, which was the famous Tim Duncan draft that everyone was uh, was tanking for, including the Celtics. They ended up with a third and sixth picks and got Billups and Ron Mercer uh, for their new um, incoming coach and president Rick Petino who they kind of gave the keys to uh which not a smart idea in retrospect
1: and no, funny too that Red Auerbeck was the one that was just like, you know, sir, <laughs> you have the keys to this organization. Like, just because yeah. I, I had assumed that there was somebody in between, and then I read it today and I was like, wow, I, I you know, I kind of knew that, but it was just like, geez, that's that's really like, yeah, I, I, for I, I, Red Auerbeck to be like, you know,
0: and like he was old. I think Red's title was a little more ceremonial at the time than sure. it was. I don't think he was actually, you know, in charge of all the decisions at that point, but but yes, I, you, it's
1: just so funny that the, 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 the the heir to the Boston Celtics presidency is Rick patino Right. It's just like, oh. Yeah, hmm. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, and he he did not do well in Boston. He was traded uh, mid-season after Patino got impatient for him, and he was just overwhelmed by the, the speed of the game, overwhelmed by um, just, you know, trying to find – because he sort of had the – some of the attributes of a passing point guard and some of the attributes of a scoring Mm -hmm. point guard or a two, but couldn't quite get the handle on either one. Yeah. And a little bit ahead of his time as well. I mean, like you look at a guy like,
1: and especially him with the size he had and the way he sort of played is that, you know, and there's one article that we read that, that they're talking about everybody's sort of wondering, well, he he's, He's so he's in this weird zone, as you said, where he's too he's too good of a passer to be a shooting guard, but he's too good of a shooter and too good of a scorer to be a point guard. It's yeah, so Like, what do you do? Good- you have to be one or the other. You can't be a scoring point guard at that. You know, but now obviously it'd be a lot easier in these days to sort of get it. But but I totally get the. Uh, I, I actually looked it up. They, that Boston team was number two in the league in pace uh, that year. Yeah. So he, he's legit in saying that they were going at a speed that maybe he probably couldn't handle especially being you know a rookie point guard so yeah
0: exactly so they ended up trading him uh for uh kenny anderson he uh he went to toronto uh, initially played uh finished the season in in toronto uh didn't really go much better for him uh there in fact pretty much everything um statistically dropped off for him and um he um he did play with uh he did play with vince carter he he had already um Oh, I guess he did play with Tracy McGrady. No, though. no, that was before. Yeah, no, he, it was. It, it, no, did it? Yeah, McGrady was on that team. Um, But that was before Carter was on the team. Yeah, so just McGrady. Just no McGrady, Carter, right? no Carter. Okay, yeah, there you thought. go. Um, Marcus Campbell was Oliver there Miller. as well. He got to learn from Oliver. Miller, yeah, so. I'm sure he got a lot of good tips. And Damon Stoudemire oh was God, there. It, look how many players are on the roster <laughs> for that. Are you looking at, roster right at the now? roster right now? It good is very God. big, yes.
1: How do you have this many people on roster? They had
0: Twenty-four players played that year. I that that's Christ. I've seen twenty-three before. I, I don't know what the most I've ever seen. That would be interesting, uh, interesting yeah. to find out. But um, yeah, that was not a not a good team either. They were they were <laughs> sixteen and sixty-six. Um yeah, so. Daryl Walker and Butch Carter as their coaches. So not uh, not a great situation for him to uh, go into either. And in fact, he ended up. Um, Going home to Denver the next season, he had played – he had grown up and played for the University of Colorado, so he was um, – these are familiar surroundings for him, and – he was coaching for Mike D'Antoni, actually, or, or playing for Mike D'Antoni, who would play. Mm-hmm. He would play again with later on the um, on, on the Knicks, and uh, again, just you know, I, I think ball handling was kind of an issue for him when he was farting and it, when he was starting, and just the speed of the game, you know, um, all that kind of stuff, just. Uh, so he kind of, you know, had a couple of years of um, of struggling still in Denver. I, some slight improvements, but not really, you know, um, anything too significant. Um, mm-hmm. And then he ended up being traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Finally got a little bit more stability. Um, actually, that last year in Denver, he only played 13 games in 305 minutes. So he was basically yeah, completely, very out strange, of, or, yeah. completely out of the mm-hmm. rotation. Yeah. Um, it's number three overall pick too. That's that's a funny right. thing in to his, think in about. In his third well year, is. exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like it's like not that long in his career, and this is you know a lottery pick, not even a lottery pick, a top five, top three pick. And he's, as you said, the Denver, who's not a gr- great team, is completely out of this rotation. Like that's yeah. that's it's over. I mean, like you, you, I, I get how in your mind, and there was that quote uh, in a piece we read I think it was the Jonathan Abrams piece where he was just like, "Yeah, I thought it was over." And it's like I, I get that. Yeah. I mean you're how old, you're what 23 years old and you're out of the rotation like yeah
0: i, I mean it you know and he wasn't he was he was playing poorly you know it just took right. a while for whatever that adjustment to make but he goes to uh minnesota and then you know he he kind of starts to get it the, that abrams priest talks about how he was really um well tutored by Terrell Brandon um who was you know kind of at the end of his career there in minnesota and um <laughs> Just don't tell the Timberwolves that. Right, right.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec.
0: And <laughs> then in his second year in Minnesota, which was the 0102 season, he really comes along. He helps get them into the playoffs and performs well there. And you know, so finally, he's at least a, a legit NBA player. That that has been figured out. You know, already. I mean, he, he's he's clearly at that spot at this point in his career. Yeah, and he has
1: a big uh, big playoff series uh, with Minnesota as well, which was. Uh, just a, just a fabulous series by him. I think he averaged 22 points per game uh, in their playoff series. So he was sort of getting, I mean, it, it took a little while for him to be that that great sort of player that we knew, but this was sort of the first, okay, you know, here we go. I mean, you know, he started off the series 25 points, 25 points, 16 points in the third game. Like, So you're starting to really sense that this guy has some talent and has a rare talent as well to, to be a good scorer in addition to being a point guard. So
0: absolutely. And he's playing with, you know, uh, Sam Mitchell, of course, Kevin Garnett, Wally Zerbiak. So there's some talent there, you know, and obviously they're good enough to be playoff teams. So they're, um, you know, they're, they're kind of on the rise there. Yeah. They're winning 50 games. So that's, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. enough. Yeah. That's that's even better than I was thinking. Absolutely. So, um, so then he ends up uh, being signed as a free agent with Detroit. Um, And uh, there's an interesting uh, I I think it's also the Abrams piece. And I think a little bit there's an SI piece about Dumars talking about um, how like he and Billups having a really good conversation about, you know, why Billups struggled early and kind of going through those and breaking it down and making Dumars feel really comfortable. It's like, hey, you finally get it. And then Billups in his first season, a little bit just having some confidence issues, still kind of looking over his shoulder. And then, um, Dumars and, and his coach who was, um, Rick Carlisle at the time, um, saying like, Hey, you don't need to look over your shoulders. You're, um, you know, you're already good. You know, you're already, yeah, you're our guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. We believe in you. And and one thing before we kind of get a little bit more into to Billups uh, Detroit career. Um, I, I, I've kind of posed this question to you off air, but I, I think it's an interesting one. Um, how did the Minnesota Timberwolves' fortunes change if they had the money to sign a Chauncey Billups? Would he have been what we know? Would would they have been as good of a team? Because later, you know, they got Sam Cassell. After essentially, they, they ran out of cap space, so they kind of said Terrell Brandon. We have you. We hopefully you're better. Uh, they signed Troy Hudson as well for about three million. So those, those were kind of the guys they got instead of Billups. Obviously, they didn't just think Billups was nothing. They thought he was a good player. They just couldn't afford him. Do, how how big do you think those fortunes change for the Timberwolves if Phillips goes in there? And and hypothetically, the Billups that we saw when Detroit comes alive in Minnesota is that I mean is that a NBA Finals contender team when you add in Garnett and Phillips? Uh, you know, maybe. Or was it still missing some of this? Because I mean, obviously, there's not a third real pe- – there's Wally. And, and and they got there eventually with the Spreewell cassell yeah. Garnett-era team. But. Right.
0: I mean, if you have Spreewell there instead of um Cassell – I mean, as as good as Cassell was, he was really great that year. Um, You know, I think – I mean, Billups is still an upgrade over him, I think. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see how that
1: franchise yeah. sort of – one little thing could have really – turned a, a big part of their team. Yeah,
0: so. I mean, there were a lot of other mistakes too, but, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's certainly possible. I mean, maybe they go further in a four and win a title, you know, it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily, luckily Minnesota has definitely changed that narrative. <laughs> oh, they don't waste any big men's <laughs> formidable years anymore. Well, so.
0: you know, <laughs> they got. They got. They've turned that they corner, got Wiggins, so. at least, you know, we'll yeah, right, out. right. I like Wiggins yeah, a lot. I like. That yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I, I think it's a great I, show. I hope it worked out for them. I, I yes, think the I, I think Wolves fans deserve a you know a team that's both fun and pretty good to you know. For. So, um, uh, yeah. You, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about those trades that um you know kind of happened before he ended up being on the Pistons.
1: Yeah, so let, let's run them down here real quick, just so you can get some of the names. And there, there's a fun little piece, I believe it was on uh, SB Nation today, that they did the uh, career win shares of Billups versus everybody he was traded for, which is a lot of people. And Billups is obviously far and away, like even even above an Allen Iverson, who we'll get to in a sec. Uh, but yeah, so his first trade, the um, the Boston Celtics, uh, they landed uh, Derek Anderson, Popeye Jones, and Zan Tabak. Z- I Legend don't know Zan Zan- Tabak. who the hell is Zan That's Tabak. A great name though. It's a great name. I, who is he, though? Did, did he ever play? Uh,
0: I do not know if Zantabuck <laughs> yeah, played. I'm, so we will not I'm be not, doing this series. I'm sorry. On
1: here, let's let's thrilling radio here. Oh, he's got a nice little. He's uh, yep. from Split Croatia. Yeah, correct. Oh, he played a lot. Yeah, he played on Houston, Toronto, Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Indiana too. Zantabak. Zantabak. There you go. There you go. 1990 year 1995 uh, Toronto Raptors. Absolutely. Should have talked about him earlier. Really. I, we, <laughs> we we, yeah,
0: we really we missed out on Zantabak.
1: Oh, right. Uh, the Raptors, uh, then they traded him. Uh, they've landed Jonathan Bender and Morris Peterson with the picks that they received in that draft. That, that's not bad. That's an okay sure. for them. I mean, those are those are good pieces for them. Bender would have been, you know, obviously had injury issues, but they, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, the Magic, actually, they traded him for Tariq abdul Wahad and Chris Gatling, which that would have been a steal if Billups played for the Magic more than, you know, he, well, he the whatever games. That he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he didn't actually
0: play a game for them. He was just on the roster. Right.
1: Right. So that didn't uh, didn't quite work for them, and then obviously uh, one of the last trades, um, you know, leaving uh, leaving Detroit to go to Denver for Allen Iverson, which is obviously a, a monumental mistake by by uh, Detroit and Joe Dumars, but one that at the time I it, there was solid justification for it, but it, sort of everybody kind of had a feeling that it was. Do you remember at the time it was kind of like, yeah, eh. it was, oh. I think you,
0: <laughs> I, I think there's two justifications for it. And the most important one is trading billups, clear potential salary cap space for them because Iverson's contract ran out that year. So they were able to kind of get on that in 09 or maybe even in, in 2010, you know with LeBron, everyone was trying to clear their yeah. space out for LeBron and Bosch and, and, and Wade. So, um, so it's just it makes sense, sense kind of there maybe they rec- maybe they thought that their window was uh, had closed which you know they were still pretty strong so i don't know if how much i agree with that but i can at least see that um but uh, obviously the billups was still really good iverson he he was fine for the pistons that year i mean it wasn't great but but he was yeah.
1: You know, I always got that sense too from the trade, and and, and looking back in hindsight, people are kind of like, yeah, Dumars thought Allen Iverson, but I I read that initially when the trade was, is that yeah, we're clearing cast space to I mean, He, to get he
0: one talked the- up Iverson, but I think that was.
1: I, I did too, but then it's sort of like, yeah. hey, did you really think anybody was going to go to Detroit? I,
0: I, but then again, they weren't far off. So I, I get yeah, it. I mean, in, I, I, obviously, yeah. I think the mistakes. I mean, obviously, Ben Gordon, Charlie way it turned out to be terrible mistakes. I don't think like at the time, like if they had played the way that they had played the previous two or three seasons. I don't think those are nearly as like drastic overpays. I think like just just the fact that both those guys just fell off just randomly, you know, at fairly young ages is, and that's just more bad luck. You know, maybe they weren't the best free agent signings, but I don't think they would have been disastrous if it hadn't been for that. And they also like sought resign old rip Hamilton for like, you know, a bunch of money. So it was more wasting what the billups trade gave them. Um, Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, and then the last trade uh, was obviously the one uh, Denver Nuggets uh, sending out Carmelo Anthony as well as as Chauncey Billups. And I'm not going to list everybody in that trade because there's like thousands of people sure. in that trade. But but, you know, the trade and and, and that was one that, that the Evans Priest really cashed in. And, and, and I don't remember that sentiment at the time, but people were mad at Carmelo Anthony for, you know, Denver having to to make the, the contracts match up and make everything match up that they felt that they needed to trade Billups to the Knicks, even though they didn't want to, and he wanted to retire as a Nugget in his hometown and stuff. So that's an interesting one as well, but that was his last trade. And then, obviously, he got amnestied uh, very quickly by the New York Knicks uh, so they could sign Tyson Chandler. And then he signed with the Clippers and then signed with the Pistons his most recent year. So he kind of bounced around probably more than he deserved to, but but it that's them the break. He's probably so.
0: the best player who ever pl- whoever had uniforms for n- – eight different franchises? I believe. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, seven or eight. I went back to places, too, which is,
1: is interesting. When, when you think about that, you, you think of that guy as sort of a journeyman, but he also went to, like, places multiple times, you know? It, it just... That, that's, that's the other funny thing about him is that he bounced around, but then, you know, went back to Denver, went back to you know, Detroit and stuff and still amassed, you know, that many different jerseys. He only so. played
0: set for seven franchises. Because since he didn't play for the magic, that would be eight. So yeah. Well we're gonna count it anyway.
1: I'm sure they made it into a jersey for him, right? Yeah. Five. <laughs> they made the they made the traveling secretary get that, you know, <laughs> the equipment manager get it. Yeah, a, there you go. A, I don't know. Do they? I don't know how instantly uh, it, they do. That, that
0: is a question I do not know the answer to. Hey,
1: yeah, I don't Some know. Either, so.
0: Um <laughs> so the pistons they um they kind of hit a ceiling with the um, Eastern Conference Finals for the um, for the first couple of seasons that um, Billups was there, or actually, I just for the first season that Billups was there because they the year before they had. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. They were 1532 in uh, Billups' first season there, um, and they had finished 1532 the year before. So they were, you know, um, they, had, they already had Ben Wallace. Um, they had Rip Hamilton, um, and I, I believe they they, they had a, the, Tayshaun Prince. You know, so they added kind of – they added Billups to that core. They would add um, – Rasheed Wallace uh, in the championship season of 0304, but they fired Rick Carlisle. They brought in Larry Brown. And even though it didn't necessarily like it didn't, it wasn't a huge difference for them in terms. It was only four more wins during the uh, season. They didn't necessarily have the, um you, you know, um they, they were definitely an underdog in that, in that title year. It was, it was a week East too, but that was the mm-hmm. year that the, um the Shaq Kobe, Lakers had reloaded adding Carl Malone and Gary Payton and were just, you know, considered by a lot of people, a super team, but the, um, but the Pistons were able to go out and, uh, and beat them in five. They almost swept them. They could, they actually, yeah.
1: and and that team imploded too. I think that that's, it was a special circumstance where you had a team that was obviously, you know, really, really great team in the Lakers. But I remember at the time, even you could tell that that team was just, it yeah, was, I mean, luck. Shaq couldn't be bothered to like, I mean, Shaq looked depressed and he was annoyed and everybody sort of everybody when that season was over. I remember kind of being like, yeah, it was a really tense situation for everybody. I, I think the Shaq Kobe relationship had. Yeah, had I mean, that beyond, was, you know, control. That, that, that was its
0: worst. Absolutely. And obviously he was traded after that. Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I, I still think it's a really impressive win to, to, to be able to beat that firepower, even if they're compromised by internal turmoil. I mean, you still have, you know, Phil Jackson is a coach. You still have two of the great. You know, I mean, you you still have uh, you know a great roster a team that you know made it that far. So mm-hmm. I still think it's pretty. It, it,
1: oh yeah, yeah. I'm not taking credit away from them. Yeah. I'm just saying it was a, it, it it certainly helped that the the Lakers had kind of fallen on their face. Yeah.
0: So uh, and then the Pistons, you know, continued a really strong run over the next uh, like I said six seasons. They uh, they won fifty four or fifty three or more games uh, for the. The championship season, and then the next uh, five seasons afterward, um, or uh, after the next four seasons afterward, uh, they actually were sixty-four and eighteen in '06, which is the year they lost to the Heat. They made the finals again in the year before that in '05, but uh, fell to the Spurs in seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they were strong for, um, all those seasons and Chauncey Billups was their top of uh, wind shares leaders, uh, all five of those years that, um, you know, that all five, uh, of the post Larry Brown years, the two seasons, of Larry Brown, and then three more seasons of flip Saunders before the trade. So, you know, I, I, there's kind of always been that little bit of that question because of the, um, the Pistons kind of being considered a superstarless team, which I don't actually really agree with. I kind of think no, I, don't I think that Phillips and Rashid were superstars just weren't considered that but you know by by some people but they played like superstars um you know and I think maybe you know especially since Phillips came as a journeyman to be given that credit was difficult since he didn't come in with uh you know the hype that most superstars come in with.
1: You know, I I totally agree with that. I I get in arguments with people all the time when they sort of say, well, yeah, you know, teams can win without stars because look at that team. And, like, what's funny is they always bring up that one team and not the, you know, 60 other teams that did it another way or, you know, the the other history. And then I also bring up that – I I really don't think you're giving enough credit to to just how good everybody – I mean – Even a Ben Wallace type wasn't a superstar, but just an unbelievable defender at that time. Unbelievable rebounder at that time. Rip Hamilton, who's a great scorer. you know, great. I mean, that guy's, you know, the the third or fourth best player on that team. That that says a lot. I mean, he's a really good player at that time. And then, of course, you have Billups and and Rasheed Wallace and especially Rasheed, who I think doesn't get enough credit for really being a superstar. But people always sort of had this weird. Um, I, I think people in the the basketball intelligent, if if I put it that way, they always sort of appreciated Rashid, But I feel like the sort of casual fans never really quite got it with Sheed or really understood, you know, how valuable he was.
0: Yeah. And they were able to, you know, replenish. I mean, they had Antonio McDyess, who was an important part of, the, you know, those later teams. And they had some really, you know, they were able to kind of augment everything with good role players. And, um, you know, so, so they they were deeper than ju- obviously just, um, you know, that starting five. But that starting five was obviously credible, too. So, <laughs> you know, Um yeah, they had Lindsey Hunter, who was still, you know, who was still pretty good. They they had. Uh, it's interesting to kind of look back at, you know, like oh yeah, and then Chris Webber for a while too. Um, yep. So well, we don't have to talk about those. those,
1: <laughs> that, wasn't, those. That, that wasn't. Well, you don't have to. No, he, no, he Chris Webber never played on the Pistons. You're lying. <laughs> right. He was never a fat, headband Chris Webber <laughs> yeah. playing on the. It never. Oh
0: yeah, Mir Johnson too. Yeah, early in his career, Jason McNeil. Yes, 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 yeah. Yes. You know, Flip Murray. I'm Robbie actually Stucky watching uh, NBA,
1: NBA TV right now has a uh, a, a classic uh, Cleveland Cavaliers-Washington Wizards uh, playoff series. Ah. And I just saw Flip Murray is, is dominating the Wizards right nice. now in the overtime. Yeah. So
0: Flip Murray is always dominating. <laughs> He's
1: wearing a white T-shirt underneath his jersey. Yeah. It looks, he looks like a white kid in like, some terrible college <laughs> that's, a like. good,
0: uh, that's
1: a good look. A terrible look. Good
0: look. <laughs> so... Um, uh, there's a, a cool profile that SI wrote about uh, Billups um, and just talking about like uh, the lead is every night is reunion night for Chauncey Billups who spends a good portion <laughs> of his pregame warm up time rapping with opponents and talking about the idea that like he played with half the uh, players in the league and talking about Billups kind of having a similar role that Dumars did for the bad boys. He's sort of like he's tough on the court, yet he's warm uh, off of it. And uh, talking about how he struggled in the past, there's a quote from Nick Van Exel about that. He would play point guard for about two minutes. And then for whatever reason, for the other minutes he was out there, he was out of control a little bit. And then Billups talks a little bit about, you know, how he learned so much from Larry Brown, even though Larry Brown was hard to uh, play for. Um, And Brown in particular, notable for being hard on point guards. And then um, talking about having a a pretty good relationship with, with Flip Saunders, who of course he had, been with in Minnesota as well, and uh, there's a quote from Nate McMillan saying that if you have a, a point guard doing what Chauncey is, built, is doing, he's made it comfortable for Flip more than the other way around, which is interesting given Flip's reputation as a coach a little bit. I, I know yeah. there was some there were some people who kind of didn't. I, I, I Wallace in particular, Rasheed Wallace in particular, was sort of critical of uh, Saunders as not being as stout a defensive coach as they wanted him to be, or or what have you. So. Uh, it's sort of an interesting observation there, but uh, yeah, I, you know, so, um, you know, after that, you know, they, they had the, um, I mean, they had some teams that were borderline championship teams, but they, you know, they lost in the conference finals 06, as we mentioned, they lost at the heat 07, they, they, they were a, definitely a, a weaker team in 07, um, they lost to the um, Cavs when LeBron, you know, just went crazy. Uh, That was when he he had like 25 points in a row and like 29 out of, you know, 30 or something along those lines at the end of the game. Um, And that was the year that a really weak Cavs team went to the finals. And then in 08, which was kind of their last big run, they uh, made, they ran into Boston, you know, the, the new big three of KG and, um, and uh, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, of course, and uh, that series went six games and that was kind of the uh, that, w- that was kind of the end. You know, they um, I, I don't know if that run is maybe as appreciated as it should be. I know that there were a lot of people who were pretty sick of the Pistons and, you know, they were definitely the type of team that would um they weren't necessarily quiet about their greatness and they could be grading in the way that they, you know, always (laughs) complain to the referees and Rashid as a
1: bulls fan. I agree with everything that's being said (laughs) right here. Yeah. I was so sick. of Yeah.
0: You know, and that's honestly almost any team that's around that long. um, Unless you, they're your team or unless they're just some sort of like remarkable story like the Spurs, like most people are going to get, are going to be pretty sick of, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Uh, and then, you know, he was, uh, there's the, there's the Iverson trade. He sent to Denver. They, um, they have a, have a pretty good run, um, that, uh, the 0809 season, they make the conference finals against the, uh, Lakers and, um, their, the team is made up of, of course, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Birdman, Chris Anderson, Ronaldo Bachman, not Blackman. Uh, (laughs) Nene is there, um. And uh Juwan Howard apparently uh played uh there I for have a little bit. Question. Martin as well. So J.R. Smith. So um and uh yeah, they fall out of the Lakers in six games in the oh nine conference finals. Uh then in 10, they lose in the first round to the Jazz and uh and then after that the um there's the uh in the eleven season, they're traded late in the season to the Knicks. Uh and uh, go they they the nick that Knicks team makes a playoff run. But then Billups get hurt gets hurt right before those playoffs or in those mm-hmm. playoffs, and they end up being. I think it was the,
1: during the first game of it. I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure how early in that game. I, I don't know the game log up, but I know it was very. I, I, it was in that game, and then yeah, he didn't play again. Right.
0: So um, they uh, end up being swept by the Celtics, and um, and then for the most part, Billups. You know, he, he goes to the he goes to the. Um, Clippers um, and there was some talk sort of about how he a little bit you know kind of played that mentor role a little bit to Chris Paul even though Chris Paul at that point you know was pretty experienced but still kind of being the older guy kind of being the steady veteran kind of uh, changing that franchise around a little bit, I guess, uh, you know, at least being part of that, at least they needed somebody that wasn't Vinny Del Negro. To right. The be, team, be, so. Being part of that, <laughs> well, well, but that was, you know, they had Chris <laughs> yeah, no. Paul, they had Blake Griffin. It was yeah. finally the beginning, obviously adding doc rivers. was another element of that, but yeah, there was only two he played 20 games in 12. He played 22 games in 13. He played 19 games in 2014 with the Pistons to finish his career. So yeah, uh, those last three years when he played, He played well, but not, um, but he obviously didn't play very much. So, Um, so uh, statistically a little bit about uh, Chauncey, why don't we, uh, why don't you talk about um, where he stands uh, as far as that goes?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. There, there's been a lot of uh, kind of articles out right now. Uh, Statitudes.com has a really good one about Billups being a Hall of Famer. It uses the uh, the Keltner list, which is uh, Bill James for for baseball fans and Hall of Fame yeah. fans. It's a, it's a fun little it's list. Actually- and the Basketball Hall of Fame is kind of this weird in between. So I I, I I always have trouble being like very passionate about the uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame in like terms of who should be a Hall of Famer and who's not or whatever. But you look at a guy like Billups, you look at his resume. I mean, it it, it, it you'd be really hard pressed to not to say he's not a Hall of Famer. At this point, if you get what I mean, um, he just a really like statistically just stands out among his peers. I, I, I ran a few numbers here. Um, the only guys with uh, 10 plus windshare seasons um, in this in since uh since the uh, 2000 to the current are Dirk, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan, Garnett, Pierce and then Chris Paul. So. Not a bad class to be in. Um, other things I found pretty interesting as well. Um, Billups' total win shares of one hundred and fifteen point three is the second highest among point guards from two thousand one or two thousand to two thousand one. Uh, the only guy better was uh, Steve Nash, uh, but he uh, Billups is ahead of Chris Paul, uh, Jason Kidd, Tony Parker, Andre Miller, Allen Iverson, Darren Williams, Mike Bibby, Baron Davis, you know Stephen Marbury, Sam Cassell. So, so definitely some some you know nice company there to be you know the second best in that. Um, Respect. Uh, a few other things I found that were just super interesting, and it sort of does his all-time uh, ranks. Uh, one of eight guards with wind shears uh, per forty-eight over .170. and that's uh, sorry, that's not all-time. That's uh, from two thousand to the present. Uh, ahead of him are only Chris Paul, Manu Ginobili, John Stockton, Dwayne Wade, James Harden. Uh, And he's above Kobe and uh, Steve Nash on that one. And I looked at some all-time stuff. And and, and we mentioned at the top of the show his sort of unique ability to be a good passer and a good score. Uh, Well, I ran some numbers on that. Uh, Billups is one of three guards all-time, all-time, to average five-plus assists, uh, 15-plus points, and have total win shares over 120. And the other two are Jerry West and Gary Payton, which— That's good company. That's not bad. So just to round it out in case you're thinking, oh, well, you know, Chauncey just gets under the 120, you know, win shares mark, which I thought he was around like 130 or something like that. I just put 120 because it was a nice round number. So I I put that down to 100 win shares. Uh, That's only um, gives us six all time. Uh, That's uh, Jerry West stays on there. Gary Payton, obviously. Uh, And then all we add is Chris Paul and Walt Frazier and, and sorry, and Dwayne Wade. So not like we added a bunch of terrible guys in there. We added a few more all-time greats in the NBA. So, yeah, Billups, I mean, you you look at the raw statistics, you look at him in his era and all-time, I mean, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, like, I, you know, I mean, yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, you, you add in the, 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 I mean, I guess he didn't win the two. Some people were saying, well, if he won two titles, he's a shoe in what he won his one title, whatever. And, and either way there's just, there's prolonged success from the pistons Absolutely. with him as a leader there that that's enough for Absolutely. me to get to those eastern conference finals yeah. as many times as they do in a, is a many consecutive years, that that's enough for
0: He's me. He's an yeah, he was an elite player for for that time and and for more than that time for basically the entire decade of the two thousands. Um, and you know, he was a great three point shooter. He got to the line uh, a, a lot, and you know, shot nearly ninety percent. Uh, there from there's an article in Detroit Bad Boys that you know looks back at his career. Uh, he, he There are 143 players to play at least 750 games and attempt at least four free throws per game. The only one who shot it better than Billups is Rick Barry. So
1: not bad. Yeah. And Rick Barry, somebody inform Rick Barry of this quote. <laughs> somebody, yeah. So that he can say, yeah, it would have been better than me if he would have just listened to yeah. me. Because I'm sure at, at some point, even though he shot, what, 90% of his career, Rick Barry would have called him and... You know, I'm sure there was a miss that that Billups did in some playoff game, and Rick Barry was was on the horn within seconds telling him, you know.
0: I guess it's possible.
1: (laughs) It seems from everything, like, I, I think we've brought him up in every single, like, like episode because he's always seems to have a has a quote for someone he's always got a
0: yeah well you know rick Rick burry has a lot of opinions (laughs) yeah so um yeah i mean chauncey billups he uh he played with just about everybody he was traded for so many players including as you mentioned kenny anderson a member of the 2004 2005 hawks (laughs) there you go so why is he a member of that team well they needed a hometown star you know and um You know, George Tech. How old is Kenny Anderson at that time? Uh, he was in like 33 or something. He wasn't actually. Was he? Okay. I thought he was way older. He, he may. He, yeah. Um,. Let me, I'm going I'm to look it up right now. How 2004, he? 2005. Hawks. He was 34. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was old. but He wasn't good anymore, Well, they but... were not trying to be good. So that, <laughs> that was not the point of the 2004, 2005. It if they were trying to be good, they did a poor job of that.
1: Oh, you, when you when L. Harrington is your best player, you're trying to be good. So.
0: <laughs> hey, look who sponsors that page.
1: Uh, let me fire it up there. Oh, wow. wow. Hmm.
0: Well, that's interesting. I knew that. I knew that. I was just yes. shocked.
1: But go there and figure it out. Yeah, we, we we actually sponsor a few pages. It's a fun game to figure out who, which pages we do sponsor. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there'll be more. You know, that we'll, oh we'll, yeah, we'll
1: as we go it. on. Any any like random player that's like a ten dollar buy. Yeah, I think we should buy. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll try. Uh, There's some guys that were ridiculous. Like there were some guys that I thought I forgot who was it. Was somebody from our last episode? And I went, oh, I wonder what his page was. And it was like thirty yeah, dollars. Like, there are I'm some like there are
0: some very expensive ones there.
1: They're- if they're Boston or Chicago, I think it's it's what towns they play in as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Because there was some garbage like. Old Bulls player that I looked up once, and it was like forty bucks. I was like, "Come on, no one's looking this guy up." Like, and clearly, nobody ever looks up the other uh, this Atlanta Hawks team because you got it for pretty pennies. We'll <laughs> need
0: to have somebody. Uh, we'll need to have somebody um, from Basketball Reference on to explain their metrics. to, to... Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be just purely page views. I, I, I who knows?
1: Because everybody's searching these Hawks, and you got them for you know you know bargain basement price. So, I mean,
0: Yeah. Um it's it's all about respect <laughs> so um anything else about Chauncey? no that's about
1: it for me um he's a very interesting career and i think there'll be more uh, kind of written about him and talked about him but but very i mean it's a guy that you sort of appreciate more now that he's kind of gone which is always sort of sad but but a guy that i definitely um you know respected and really liked at the time i wish he didn't play for the team that i <laughs> i disliked the most at the time you know when he was playing with detroit but but no i really did always did appreciate him I always thought he was um one of my favorites from that team and, and from that era. And definitely, definitely the one of the, one of, if not the best point guard of, of that era. So, absolutely.
0: Um, so, uh, next we're, uh, talking, as we mentioned, uh, Marvin Barnes, who bad news Barnes to some, Although Bob Ryan questions that apparently he- <laughs> not, not the real Bad News Barnes. That was Jim Barnes. Uh, expansion uh, team favorite Jim Barnes, uh, who was the real Bad News Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Bob Ryan didn't appreciate how Mar- Marvin was living and decided to call him Sad News, which, you know, a little sad, Bob. Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so, uh, you know... Marvin was just uh, he was definitely a character. Uh there's no question he um you know he stands out uh, in articles written about him in of course loose balls uh, the great Terry Pluto book. Um he's just uh he's definitely a character. He uh, was a college star at Providence with um Ernie uh De- Gregorio, I always have trouble pronouncing his name, uh, led Providence to the 73 Final Four. Um, he was drafted in 74, he picked by the 76ers behind Bill Walton, but he went to the ABA instead, the Spirits of St. Louis, who um, who uh, swapped him up pretty good. Uh, there's a, a Slam Magazine profile had a quote that from the time from the UPI, said that uh, he made the ABA my preference over the NBA because of his dedication and getting uh, the best of all the college players. He said he wanted to uh, pattern himself after Dr. J. Man, isn't it something the way he flies through the air and sinks those shots? So uh, admiration for Dr. J. <laughs> a mark. Yeah. A, a Julius
1: Irving mark. That... <laughs> there you go.
0: Exactly. Um, he had two really awesome seasons with the Spirits of St. Louis in uh, 75 and uh, 76, which is right before the uh, NBA-ABA uh, merger. Uh, mm-hmm. Per 100 possessions, he had had a 28.3 points, 15.7 rebounds. Um he uh the advanced stats aren't quite as great um but he um you know he had 0.139 uh, win shares per 48 and a 21.2 PER. He did foul and turnover a lot which kind of knocked those down a little bit, but those are still, you know, he produced at an all-star level. You know, and for a young player um to uh, do that so well obviously is uncommon and you know those um Spirits team had some interesting players. Uh, he, they had uh, Maurice Lucas was a rookie along with Marvin Barnes that year. Um, also, um, Steve Jones was on that team. And uh, in the uh, the second year in St. Louis, there's even kind of some. Uh, there's even some other names. ML Carr is there. Uh, Mike D'Antoni is playing there. That's the, uh, the the coaching tree right there. That was yeah. And um, ML Carr got a oh, few. A small... uh,
1: didn't he get a? F- who did ml car coach we we looked that up not too long ago i think um maybe uh, I looked it up Carr, for, for an independent yeah uh he, Where did he, co- he coached for uh it was not long it was, it was two years. <laughs> very tenuous it was
0: boston it was the 90s oh yeah there we go yeah right yeah. right right yeah, right yeah um he coached uh yeah i guess did, did he did he coach um chauncey derangebrook rookie season? oh i don't know um I don't no, think so because no, he was report. either yeah, well, that, that was the year they that was the tank year. So he was fired up. Right, right, right. The, that's right. It was Bettino. Uh, yeah, duh. Of course yeah, yeah of course. No, he,
1: didn't call, yeah, he didn't play for we're anybody We're forgetting
0: else, but... we're forgetting things. Uh Cal- Caldwell <laughs> Jones was there, uh, Moses Malone was there. I mean that was a uh, that was a stock team, um, you know, in the dying days of the uh, ABA. So um the most of those players were extremely young, of course, but um freddie lewis as well ron boone so just some uh you know but but you know uh, marvin was the minutes leader of on those teams despite uh having some absences uh due to uh you know
1: trouble <laughs> sure or sure recreational
0: sure. activities or uh or or so forth so just bad news just yeah <laughs> just being bad news that's... uh he moved on to detroit in uh 77 where uh his production and everything uh, fell apart he played 53 games and um you know just i mean he had you know the numbers were okay but they were like middling you know um and the you know the efficiency wasn't good you know he just he he definitely struggled with whatever the personal issues and also maybe mm-hmm. adjustment to the nba um playing as well um and uh he o- over that offseason he uh, ended up going to um He ended up going to uh, serving uh, some prison time. He had uh, gotten into uh, like um, an issue with one of his teammates. they had been put in probation with some sort of physical altercation that may or may not have involved a weapon. And then um, in when he was he was on probation and then he was caught bringing an unloaded firearm into the into an airport, which is generally frowned upon. So it was the uh, the, we we didn't talk about the bus robbery, did we? uh, We not yet. No.
1: There, oh okay is that coming later well i
0: mean, you, we can we talk about it now sure
1: yeah that, i think that's that's a great story where uh it, it was him and well not a great story but <laughs> a a, uh, story. in retrospect a funny story where uh he was caught uh with a few other people trying to rob a bus and somebody caught him because he was wearing his high school letterman's jacket and it had his name yes. on it so so, uh, <laughs> so they were like marvin he's like what oh shit! That, that, that <laughs> right sorry <Yeah. laughs> how did you know it was me well you, yeah. you're, you're wearing a thing that has your name marvin yeah. Not the smartest criminal ever. Not
0: at all. So he, um, on on that Celtics team, he played with Emma Carr again. Uh, They also had Chris Ford. Uh, Bob Lanier was kind of their big star. I guess this was right after the Dave Bing uh, years had ended there. So, and they, you know, the Pistons were, they they actually were okay. They were 44 and 38 that year Um, uh, in Barnes. He played a small role in that. Like I said, so he went to jail over. And there's a there's a fu- a, a very funny um, SI article uh, titled "This Time the News is Good" about Marvin Barnes uh, and uh, walking out of the uh, of prison, climbing into his lawyer's Roll- Rolls Royce, and driven off to resume his job as a 300,000 year forward for the um, Detroit Pistons. Um, and then I, I love the quote on when he announced on joining the Pistons last year, it said uh, news didn't come here to sit on no wood. Just uh, <laughs> and uh, there was some other great quotes. I sell more newspapers than a lot of people. I help build the Providence Civic Center. Uh, there's a story about him <laughs> once missing a team plane to Virginia. He charred one himself. He arrived after the game had started and scored 53 points. Uh, another one where he took twenty playground kids shopping and bought them all thirty dollars sneakers and ice cream, um, and uh, and then another great one from Loose Balls uh, where Costas uh, talks about um, he there's a. He, where Marvin says, uh, you know what's wrong with this team? We don't have any team play. We don't care about each other. Let me give you an example. Tonight I had forty eight points with two minutes to go. Did anybody pass me the ball so I could get fifty? Huh? No. They kept the ball to themselves and I got stuck on forty eight.
1: Marvin was so ABA. Like that was the perfect league for this <laughs> yes. guy. Like just that that's like such an ABA like god i love that
0: league so much yes. uh, some of the stories are really yeah, ridiculous I mean, you can't possibly I, there be are true some stories, but i hope there, there are some so. stories that are told that you know you, you wonder because i i reading these accounts there are kind of different takes on different stories They sound <laughs> like just yeah, people remember things differently and you know whatever i'm not saying anybody's making it up but just you know memory is a tricky thing of course
1: but the NBA the reminds me of like like 19 like you know, early, like, like early Negro League stuff, where it's just, like, people just, you know, like, nobody was reporting on it, nobody saw anything, so it's just kind of their word, but it's just so funny that, like, yeah, wild, wild. this league that's not that, like, old, but just, it was the same thing where nobody was reporting on it, nobody was really watching it, so there's just allowed to be these just ridiculous stories about it that I'm sure, like, I'm sure a lot of them that are as ridiculous are true, which is also funny, but yeah, there's some that are just, like... Unbelievable, but I I love that league. It's my favorite league ever. It's so good.
0: <laughs> I, I think my favorite quote is from Bob Costas again. This is Bob Costas, he was the, he did radio. I think maybe some TV for the Spirits. Uh, he was 22 at the time, or so, and he was um, he had missed part of a game because of a, a flight, and then Barnes said, you know, hey bro, don't worry about it. I've been looking for a little white dude to drive me around in my Rolls Royce. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just imagine Bob Costas driving around driving a old, around yeah. in the Rolls Royce yeah so um kind of continuing on his career he was traded to Buffalo in the midseason in 78 then moved on to Boston in uh later on in um as the 79 season actually mm-hmm. and then uh for the 80s season played in San Diego now that was I think he was part of that big um that big trade that essentially was swapping franchises where the Clippers and the Celtics swapping franchises, essentially. So he was kind of part of that. It's Arnie Archibald, Billy Knight, uh, for Kermit Washington, Sidney Wicks and other guys. So, um, yes, he was, yeah.
1: And, and one of the draft picks that, uh, got traded uh, by the Clippers, uh, was Danny Ainge. So,
0: oh, there you go. So
1: there you go. That's uh, I love that. That's a new feature that, uh, that, uh, basketball reference put in, I think last year where they did the different, uh, where they, where they gave you the, the sort of the lineage of the draft picks. This is my favorite thing ever, because it's like when, when teams trade a draft pick, you know, 10 years down the road, they're like, ah, whatever. And then it ends up being, like, someone pretty good. Like, this was in, in 1978, they traded the 1981 pick, and it ended up being Danny Ainge, right. who who was still a second-round pick. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just like a throwaway second-round pick three years down the road, and it ended up being Danny Ainge. So,
0: so um, yeah, so, you know, Marvin was, uh you know, a character he, he – Definitely, you know, contributing to his decline was definitely a a drug habit and uh, that led him to a lot of uh, troubled decisions. Apparently, you know, was a a problem that plagued him for pretty much his entire life, you know, even until the end. But uh, he was a guy who was, for the most part, really just – you know, just, just I guess had a like a sweet and charming temperament that people loved him. And people, even though he was a screw up, he wasn't generally malicious. There, there were definitely some circumstances that, um that say he 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 was malicious. But as far as you know, most of the people that he um came around, you know, I guess it was hard to stay mad at him for uh, long. He kind of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that Dave Cowens just described him as a combination of Alex English and uh, Connie Hawkins, and I've only seen a little bit of video. There, there's like a five minute um, clip of some of his highlights uh, with the Spirits uh, for, from one game with Costas and and a woman uh, who I don't know who uh, doing commentary, um, and you know you can just see uh, obviously you know he it's a it's a great game for him. So um, you know when he went to the NBA, he did have you know there were definitely some times where he had some 20 and 30 point games here and there, but it just wasn't like something he could do cons- consistently consistent, anymore. Yeah. And and, you know um, I mean, I think he acknowledged having uh, a cocaine problem. And and that's, you know, obviously a uh, something that felled a lot of uh, NBA players uh, during that time. And, 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 afterward.
1: Certainly. Yeah. And it, it's an interesting career, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's one of that, really never had that, that that peak. It had a little bit of an ABA peak, but for the most part, it's sort of a what, you know, what could he have been sort of feel. Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, you, you think about, like, think about him, like, going into the 80s and him, like, you know, battling... Um You know, again, you know, whether he's in the West or the East battling against, um, you know, those Lakers teams, like putting up, you know, being Mm -hmm. like a tough, you know, fight for them for whatever franchise he's playing for. You know, if if he sticks around with Detroit and goes to the East and, you know, they have a pretty good team and they battle with the Celtics. And, you know, they're not necessarily going to beat the Celtics, but maybe just make it a little bit harder for the Celtics, which makes it harder in the next round for the Celtics. And you, you start to wonder, like, okay, how could him being good and some of these players that have the drug problems being good have changed NBA history. You know, it's always that what if so. All right, Rich. Well, I think that's about it. Um, Thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. We're at the podium which is part of the HP basketball network, Hardwood Proxism and basketball network. Uh, you can uh, find us on iTunes. There's a link at the bottom of this post at the podium game, um, or you can search, um, hardwood paroxysm uh network and you can find uh, us on itunes we would definitely appreciate a review or a uh, and and or rating uh on that feed we share it with a lot of great other podcasts that you should uh, check out as well and you can follow us on twitter at over and back nba and uh i don't know that's about it anything else rich no, that's about it for me. It's
1: a fun little show that we did here. So uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Please let us know if you're, uh, you know, if this was a show that you've liked uh, more or less than our other shows, you know, may um, influence some of our decision making in the future as to uh, what we do for this podcast. We're still a young podcast. We're experimenting. We're, you know, I don't know if we're in our teenage years yet, but we're definitely, you know, we're not going to experiment with anything that Marvin Barnes experimented with. So don't worry. But um, but we're definitely, you know, we're, we're we're up for ideas and for feedback. So uh, we would definitely love um, love some from the listeners who are uh, enjoying this show. Absolutely, yes. All right. We need to hear from you. We want to hear from All you. All right, thanks a lot, guys. We'll be back again later. And, uh, Sayonara.